The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four $50 basketball bets, and regardless of the outcome, you're going to get a free $50 bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And lastly, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And of course, speaking of apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho to Generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're up to episode number 122, I believe. Uh, let's send this one out to my son who had four hours of dental surgery on Friday and went through it like a champ. So this goes out to him, even though he will not hear this because no one in my household listens or supports this podcast. But thank you. If you're hearing these words, that means you are listening and supporting. So thank you, no matter who you are and whose household you live in. Thank you for listening to the words coming out of my mouth. Long-time listeners would know I would be one of the hosts here. I am currently known as Jeff, the unarmed beta fox. Thank you for coming to the show. And we're uh, we're here to to tell you about how great we did last night at UFC 272 because we we were actually I was I was right on um, form for this year, and my associate co-host here, he was. Um, above his usual rate uh, he's he's moving on up catching up to me here so anyhow it was a profitable night for both of us because we copied each other's picks last week which was um a very rare o- occasion but it turned out turned out pretty good for actually a pay-per-view that turned out to be pretty fun to watch as well so how about we um get to it first of all i um want to remind you once again if if you're not already please make sure you subscribe to the mma gambling podcast feed our dedicated feed that way you can get us in your ear holes. Um, second, the issue, the uh, episode gets dropped rather than waiting for us to go out on the very crowded SGPN feed because we have new podcasts popping up. It seems uh, every hour or so uh, at SGPN, there's uh, USFL and uh, fantasy hockey and uh, you name it. We, we got it here at the Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So make sure you subscribe to our dedicated feed. And obviously, Stay de- stay um, on the SGPN feed as well because we have, like I said, we have amazing podcasts on there. Uh, I'm getting to the rambling part of the introduction, so this is when I bring in my co-host to to save the day. Um, I barely slept last night, so he's really going to have to pull his load today. I'm going to be uh, even less. Um, I'm going to be even more forgetful than usual, and um, I'm going to be saying a lot of words that don't make sense in the sentences. So let's bring him in. He's my associate co-host. What can I tell you about him? Um, he is a, also a, uh, a radical lefty, like I am. Obviously, <laughs> um, uh, he's such a such a good buddy that if he had a pocket full of tots and we were in class, he would totally would share some tots with me, even if he was starving and had hadn't eaten all day. 
Um, he's the one, the only. Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I, I like how you went with the radical lefty thing. And by the way, if that that listener is – we, we got to – by the way, we got to review. This is what this is from. We got to review saying we were <laughs> radical lefties. But, like, if, if saying that Bryce Mitchell – I, I got to get this off my chest. If saying that Bryce Mitchell calling school shootings a giant conspiracy theory from the government – is wildly lefty. Like, I, man, dude, that is, that's some pretty crazy shit, I think. And uh, I, I didn't think that I was going out on a limb on that. I, I usually try not to go out on limbs, but saying school shootings are staged, I feel like it's pretty crazy. So uh, I'm going to keep calling that crazy. And if that bothers you, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you get over it and enjoy these really good picks because we picked excellent this week again. What an un! You're totally brainwashed, Dan. Honestly. You're you're an unarmed beta cuck. I added the cuck part in there because it sounds better. Obviously. Hey, can but, can uh, I can I can I make a statement about you pretending to mess up uh, Habib Nurmagomedov's last name repeatedly? Yeah, because it actually happened, right? <laughs> Joe Rogan slaughtered it. It was so bad. I sw- um, but you you almost did him on your on what prelim. Primer, picker, primer. Yeah, I, I picker, like stumbled picker. on it. I stumbled on it while I was looking at it because yeah, I think I which had, happens I had, to me now too. It, it happens it's once weird. in a while, but like, but like stumbling on it and just like saying a random collection of consonants together, which is I'm pretty sure what what Joe did there. He just said like nugga 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 nugga. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, is, um, what are those he's, noises? He's new at his job, Dan. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he did he's new have, on the broadcast. He did have a little. He did have a little time off, so maybe yes. maybe he's rusty. <laughs> Doesn't he have like some special potions that are supposed to keep your brain sharp and stuff? Like, yeah, alpha uh, alpha no. brain, right? Isn't oh yeah, it, alpha brain. Yeah, alpha like, brain in in uh, what was what was the thing he used to hawk all the time? It's alpha brain now, I think, but it yeah, used to be something else. It's made from like elk semen or something, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, that sounds. <laughs> I'll buy that. <laughs> but uh, they butchered. There was a lot of butchering their names last night. I, I felt right at home. Actually, no, I. They did worse than I did. Even like they were saying a lot of names incorrectly last night. And did you Chukwu, catch the? Did the, you catch the part where where uh, where Michael Bisping uh, was called Tagiru Lanvikov uh, Nurmagomedov for like yes. half a round yeah. before he caught himself and was like, so all last round I called him Nurmagomedov and I recognize now that that's not his name. <laughs> like, oh, well, God. way to call yourself out though. Like, I appreciate I that at least. He's he's. I actually uh, I actually think he does a good job. Uh, oh, I love this thing. Yeah. yeah. He's I, maybe I the best one. A, I hated him as a fighter, too. Oh, yeah, so me too. That, yeah. That's how you know he's really good, is he's completely yeah. changed my mind about him. And then even Bruce Buffer was like, they called Nagumaranu, whose name I hate saying Nagumaranu, and I hate writing it. Like, he says his name backwards when he was announcing it, and like, even confused. Um, Nikolai, because he, he didn't think he had won. He shouldn't have won that fight, by the way. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of interesting things. And uh, Dean Thomas, even though he said he was in the room, he didn't know how to say Agapova's last name. A very interesting night for pronunciations of names. Yeah, it was It was not a good one. That's for sure. <laughs> it was not. It was not. It was a good night for us, though. Um, things went well for our picks. Oh, and I should mention, that was um, earlier on, that was Dan complaining about School shooting stuff. That was not me here, so I don't want any. <laughs> hate. I don't want any because uh, I'm just an unarmed uh, beta cock up here in Canada, obviously. So I don't want any trouble. You you guys can find Dan if you have issues with uh, what he's saying. But yeah, I, I think we've said a lot more controversial things than than that. But hey, you never know. 
he still gave us a five. He or she still gave us a five star review. So you can complain all you want about us as long as you give us a five star review, right? I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I actually tell people um, most uh, episodes. I don't care. You can give us a bad review. Just give us a review. So five stars, the key. Uh, Before we get into the podcast, one thing we won't give a bad review is WinBet, obviously, because right now is a perfect time to bet on basketball, and WinBet is helping you cash. They got a basketball parlay bonus. All users can receive a $10 free bet when they win, lose, or push a $20 or more four-leg parlay on basketball between Monday and Thursday. Plus, weekend bonus play. All users can receive a $50 free bet when they win, lose, or push four $50-plus bets on Saturday or Sunday basketball games. Weekend bonus play can be used toward all the upcoming college basketball action as well as the NBA. And for the and for new WinBet Casino customers, they're now offering a 100% free deposit match up to $1,000. That's a that's right. You heard me right. 100% deposit match up to one grand. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Volta games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. So download now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win over at Stable Duel. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Is there any news that we should, we should discuss first, Dan? Do you think? I'm trying to think if anything's happened since Wednesday. That's earth-shattering. Hmm. I don't think so. I saw a couple of fights booked, but they were, like, pretty small replacements and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. te- the, the only one that really stuck out to me was uh, – Drew Dober now fighting Terrence McKinney. Yes, sir. Man, and for for the DGens in here, and I think I already saw June uh, Superfan Jong post it yep. in the Slack. Uh, go get the Terrence McKinney line if you're in on Terrence McKinney. He's like plus two hundred right now. That's insane. There's still still like, no respect I, for that guy, eh? Well, and in don't get me wrong, like Drew Dober is a massive massive step up in competition yes. from where he was, right? Yeah. Drew Dober is 80 times better than Farz Zayim or even Matt Frivola. Um, And, like, he really didn't even have to fight Matt Frivola. He hit him once and it was over. So, like, this is a huge step up in competition from a much more durable opponent and a guy who's fought, like, the cream of the crop. Like, Dober's fought Makashev and, and Benil Daryush and, like, the dudes fought guys. So, How about you know, made of? Did he fight Ian Armagomedovs? Did he? I think he did. No. Did, did Drew Dober fight? I'm trying to remember who Drew Dober fought. But there were like three or four people who he's lost to who are all like very legit. Yeah. I'm um, kind of joking because everyone's near Magomedov apparently from that part of the world nowadays. So uh, go ahead. Oh, he fought Brad Riddell <laughs> is the other one I was looking for. Brad Riddell. He fought Brad Nurmagomedov. Brad Nurmagomedov. Um... So, yeah, like, he's fought some, like, real legit dudes. And, I mean, he beat Nazra Hawkfrost and Alex Hernandez. So, like, he, Dover's legit. So, I'm not saying that Terrence McKinney is a 1,000% going to win this fight. But, like, win that 
fight got listed, I was expecting McKinney to be somewhere around negative 175 to negative 200 as a favorite. And we're seeing him posted the absolute flop of that. So, like, the the value's there right now, and I can't imagine it's going to last. The money's going to pour in on that dude. Hopefully. Well, actually, hopefully not. Hopefully it doesn't pour in until everyone gets uh, gets in there. So, um, All right. Yeah, and all the fight announcements, I should have a post up on my new site slash newsletter, moneymma.substack.com. I will hopefully in the next day or two have a big listing of all the different fights that have been announced recently. So you can uh, check everything that, that's been announced that we haven't talked about on this podcast, obviously. So, um, all right. So last night, speaking of Marga Madoff, uh, Habib, um, the famous Marga Madoff, has, has been announced he's going to be. Uh, elected into the UFC Hall of Fame. A pretty controversial choice, would you, do you not think? No, it's a normal one. Oh, really? Okay. Also, 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 let's just talk about the, the UFC Hall of Fame, which is really a stairwell. Um, like, I don't know if you actually know that. Like, it's a couple of plaques hanging in a stairwell in the PI. Um, it's not a real Hall of Fame. It's weird to call it a Hall of Fame. And it's, it's also like got, like, WWE. does WWE not have a real one? I thought I, they had no, big they statues somewhere. I don't know about that. No, I don't think they have a building. But anyhow, it, it just reminds me of that. It's like they decide who gets into their their brand Hall of Fame. But anyhow, go ahead. I, I'm fine with having a brand Hall of Fame, though. Like, like if they want to do that, that's fine. But, like, the whole point of having a Hall of Fame is so that it, there's, like, a destination that brings people in and teaches them about the history of, if not the sport, at least your brand. Uh, so, like – it it seems like a wild oversight that the UFC didn't just make like a Hall of Fame attached to their PI that could have been yeah, like a, yeah. a a tourist attraction, you know what I mean? Or if you didn't want to yeah. put it right next to where all the athletes are going to be, you know, and sort of uh, make it so that you know the athletes are going to be bothered and don't want to come. Like, there's got to be 800 places in Vegas you could have put it right. And uh, so for there to not be a physical Hall of Fame sort of makes it so when they decide these things, I'm like, who the fuck cares um right. especially because like you're gonna put habib in before you put jen's pulver in come on like, yeah it's a whole order of things too so yeah, yeah. J- jen's pulver is like the og lightweight so like you're not gonna put him in and you're gonna put habib in instead come on yeah yeah all of the fames are generally a joke uh no matter where no matter what realm we're, we're speaking of so that's just the way she goes so um, so, yeah, that, that was announced last night um, at UFC 272, which went down in the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada, a.k.a. Las Vegas. Uh, attendance, 19425 a packed house. Gate was $6.76 million. Um, so, and I'm not sure how to do it on pay-per-view. It seemed, seemed there was a good amount of buzz uh, while the event was going on. I guess what we kind of live in silos nowadays where we only – see what, what we want to see, but it, it seemed like it, it got the requisite amount of buzz that most pay-per-views do. Yeah, it, it didn't seem like abnormally low or high, in my opinion. It, it yeah. felt like a felt like a pay-per-view that had title fights at the top of it. Which it did not. And I you, not only did it not have a title fight at the top, but it basically that fight was a, a meaningless fight really at the top. It, it, it means nothing. Uh, it doesn't really matter who won it. I think both guys are probably in the in the same boat going forward. No, no title shot, or probably not even meaningful fights. It's probably more like money fights or super fights uh, going forward. But Kobe Covington did come out on top of this super grudge match over Jorge Masvidal. 
who was called George numerous times on the on the uh, telecast. That, that's a throwback. Remember when he was George? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, uh, weird pronunciations of things. So anyhow, Colby dominated like we predicted, which was we didn't really go out on a limb uh, predicting that he would grind and wrestle his way to a victory here. Um, did did some good work uh, grounding and pounding. Masvidal, 49-46, 50-44, 50-45. So uh, kind of all over there card which was uh, well more on that coming up but um, this was fight, fight of the night it was a um, yeah probably a better fight than than we predicted it would be that that, that part we, we got wrong we got the minus 350 on Covington correct um, so, so we hit that one um, but like I was alluding to before does this does this fight mean anything Dan does it have any um, bearing at all at the at the elite level of any weight class, so let, let alone welterweight weight class, or are these guys just going to be fun, big name fighters going forward, or just have fun fights and, and not be in the uh, in the title hunt? So I, I always think Colby could probably get another title shot in there. Like you yeah. know, the fact that there are, I mean, Max Holloway's about to get a third one, right? And when you you're clearly that like one B to the champ. Um, the Max Holloways and the Robert Whitakers and the Colby Covingtons who are, you know, all 0-2 against a very dominant champ who seemingly hasn't given up the belt anytime soon. There's always a chance he could wind up with a third one. But I'll say this, fighting Jorge Masvidal ain't going to help it. You know what I mean? He's got got to fight the people who raise his stock. Uh, Yeah, that wasn't the whole point. Yeah, yeah, like Jorge, Jorge, Mas- fight, really. yeah, Jorge Masvidal is a guy we've known has shitty defensive grappling his whole life, um, and you put him up against a really good grappler, and the grappler doesn't look good having just one via grappling, and you know he even got he he got the the old Nate Diaz Leon Edwards treatment where he took a big left hand that stunned him too, yep. so he's got that that he's got to live down now too. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't, I don't think it did anything for him. Ultimately, Colby's gonna have to fight the Gilbert Burnses and Kamzat Chemaevs and and Leon Edwards and you know even Sean Brady's of the world before they're even gonna think about giving him another title shot. Yeah, but he looked like the regular Colby Covington. Um, yeah, exactly uh, like you would expect he would. Yeah, yeah. both guys actually looked. Pretty much how you expect it. It's not like they were talking about how Masvidal was getting older and maybe that was affecting his cardio. But no, he always would get worn out if, well, anyone basically would get worn out if, if they had Colby Covington grinding them for 25 minutes. So I, I don't yeah, think he looked I, like I any worse. He, I, I didn't think he looked noticeably tired either. Like he was throwing no. good shots towards the end. Every, you know how it is, especially with when Rogan's on the podcast. There has to be a, a narrative for every every fight. So that that was the narrative for that one. It's either why isn't this guy kicking or uh, muscles are making this guy tired or muscles making him tired is a great one. <laughs> Dude, that, muscles are always about. making that guy tired. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is there really anything to say about the fight? It was better than expected, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess thought so. it was just going to be a boring, like, uh, it wasn't really a boring, like, line on top of it. There was, there was a lot of action. They, both guys were actually trying to finish one another it wasn't just that's, uh, that's true yeah, yeah Colby didn't just it. lie on top of them yeah they they went for it so including Colby Colby was looking for subs and shit yep yep but yeah like not a um not a surprising outcome and not really meaningful either way do you like uh, Colby's call out of Dustin Poirier that, that fight kind of makes sense both those guys are kind of in the same in the same no man's land sort of in the same uh, purgatory um Elite fighters, but probably not 
um, at least not anytime soon in, in line for another title shot? I mean, it goes back to my original statement about Colby. Like, I think he can get another title shot. And if that's what he wants in that, that's what he's, he's looking for, then no, it makes no sense. Do you mm-hmm, think Dustin yep. Poirier does nothing for that? If he's fine being a, a money fighter, if he's fine turning himself into what Jorge Masvidal has become, where he's not actually trying to contend anymore, um, or, or, you know, he wants to be one of those types of fighters, like, then, then yeah, sure, go ahead and fight Dustin Poirier. But, like, otherwise, like, dude, go fight Kamzat. Like, th- this is, like, the perfect spot for you to call out the winner of Kamzat and Burns and try to make that happen or, you know, like, something like that. Um, also, I, I noticed, maybe this is news, uh, Poirier responded to that on Twitter to a couple of people who were like, would you take that fight or something like that? And he said something about being retired, and, and he could have just been being, like, funny. Uh, but, like... He he seemed to hint that like he that's not a fight that gets him back in the cage. Okay, he can be retired then. It's fine. Go ahead, enjoy your money, retire, whatever. But yeah, it, you're. I I was hearing uh, Covington talk about middleweight too, or I I heard Usman's name mentioned, or I saw headlines about Covington wanting a shot at Usman. Or am I making that up? Covington wants a shot at Usman again, I or do so. you mean Ida Sanya? Oh, I'm sorry. I just, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, now I'm getting confused, Dan. I, I, I was thought gonna say, he already fought Usman. Yes, times. he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my Nigerians mixed up, aren't I, Dan? Um, yeah. I wouldn't I, I can't be surprised remember. if he if he's trying to angle for a title shot that way because like, and I didn't see that headline. So if if we're just fabricating news here, that's fine. But like, it would make sense for him to think about that because he's not going to make. 55. 55 would be a huge drain for him. Um, I mean, 85 seems kind of like out of the realm of possibility, but at the same time, if you can't move down and you're roadblocked at the top of the division you're in, I mean, and you want a title, there's really only one place to go. Um, And the fact that middleweight is as bad as it is with as few wrestlers as it is, hey, if that's the realm he wants to go, maybe it is, but like, you're going to have to fight somebody there too. They're not just going to give you, they're not just going to give you Izzy off of a uh, decision victory over Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, no, I didn't make it up. I Google, I Googled it and it, yeah, it looks like he, he did call it Israel Adesanya and Dan White mocked it. So there you go. I guess this, that's not happening. I <laughs> um, guess that's enough on the, on the ultimate grudge match. Um, and, and they didn't shake hands after, right? So it's it's still it's still real to them. I guess so. The beef's the beef's <laughs> real. Yeah. All right. Call me in event. We whiffed in this one, but I I, I think I still uh, stand behind this pick. We had Moicano, Hanato Moicano at plus one fifty two. I, I still, even knowing the outcome of the fight, I still think that was the a wise enough um, roll of the dice. Uh, he did get outclassed by Rafael dos Anjos. 49-45, uh, dominant performance for the former champion. Um, I think he proved that he, like, I was, I was kind of hedging, I was kind of uh, fading him, thinking that maybe he isn't all that that he once was, but um, he seems to be, maybe if, if he is diminished, he's uh, slightly diminished, he seems to be just as powerful of a fighter as, as he was uh, back in his heyday. And McConnell's a dog and got destroyed and, um, didn't die, which is a positive. And, but, um, yeah, like I said, I, I like our underdog pick there, even though it lost, but, um, 
I don't think I'll be fading RDA um, so heavily in the future, uh, depending on who he matches up with, obviously. But, yeah, he looked very good. Looked like the old RDA. The RDA of old plus old RDA. Yeah, I will say I thought Moicano looked much worse in the wrestling and grappling department than I thought yeah. he would. And you almost have to wonder if the quick turnaround, the weird weight cut, and the 19-hour plane rides kind of just caught up with him. Um, and I, I don't want to entirely blame it on that because, you know, we'll never know how much that affected him. But but my mind does wonder about it. Like, my mind wonders how, how much of – Hanato Moicano's issues were inflicted on himself that way because that even in his his previous losses he didn't look like that so um and, and if it's not man RDA is a problem again which is uh it's insane yep. to say in 2022 yeah he's he's one of the most I think one of the most underrated guys in the UFC over over the past decade or so I actually did um on my old side I, I did like um statistical type ranking of the best UFC fighters over it was at, at the end of the decade. So I did it like going into 2020 um, statistical ranking, kind of like the, the uh, rankings I do on uh, the news, the new place money MMA um, based on who the guy beat, whether it was for a title, did he finish him that type of thing? RDA ranked very, very high in there among, among the best uh, UFC fighters uh, of the past decade. So I, I think he's a, he's an underrated guy and he seems to still have some gas left in his tank. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. His resume is absolutely insane in both wins exactly. and losses. Just like he's fought everybody. So, yep. yeah, and, uh, you know, like, on the, the same note of him being underrated, like, I feel like people forget he was the champion. You know what I mean? And that is. And he defended the, it, too. Yeah, that is the ultimate statement of being underrated when people forget that you were both a champion and defended that belt. Uh, so, yep. yeah. People don't uh, remember that he got injured, didn't fight Conor McGregor. That's pretty much what people remember him for, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but um, all right. So we said the main event didn't really matter. Does did that fight? Did the co-main event? Does does that have any meaning based on it was a catch weight? It was a guy on very short notice. Does could we take any meaning out of that? Out of the last night's fight in the co-main event? I actually think it does stuff for for Dos Anjos' stakes. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, like he he. He's a guy who, like you said, people sleep on all the time. So putting on a, like a five-round beat-down bloody performance, regardless of who he was fighting in the circumstances, like I think opens people's eyes to be like, oh, that dude brings violence, which he always has. But like sometimes people need to be reminded. Yep. All right. Who, who do you want to match him up with next, uh, matchmaker Dan? Uh, you know, I, I'd actually like to see him probably fight somebody like Benil Dariush, but I think at the end of the day, they're just going to book him with an up-and-comer. They're, they're going to book him with an Armand Sakurian or a, a rebooked Fiziev fight. Like, I, I guess the rebooking of the Fiziev fight probably makes the most sense. Now, that's what I was thinking when I was watching last night. That Are, are they just going to slot him in as the, as the uh, very elite gatekeeper for this division, or... It seems like he wants more um, than that, obviously, but um, I'm wondering if they're just going to keep feeding him younger guys and, and seeing if any of them uh, will, will pass the test. Cause it looks like I think Darius, if, mm, I think if he but, slaughters Fiziev, they, they don't have yeah. a choice, right? Like if he, and, and I said that before with the the when we were talking about whether or not Islam Makhachev gets a title shot, which, by the way, he doesn't. Um, 
Yeah, because uh, he wouldn't take his fight on short notice. It, yeah. Basically, they're, they're making it look like they're punishing him um, because he didn't step in here on a week's notice or whatever. Yeah, they're they're real mad about it. I I think so to, to completely derail our conversation. I that's I think what they're that's really, what we're all about. I, I think they're really mad that he tweeted that he was in. Right. And seemingly entered negotiations and then backed out. And I have to imagine he backed out because he wanted to be paid more to do it on short notice. Yeah. Or he wanted some sort of guarantee about what would come afterwards or he wanted a contract. Like whatever it is he wanted was like a slap in the face because they were like, you, you want this fight, huh? You want to go get this? And he was like, yes. And then they were like, all right, cheers. And then he was like, but I have a list of demands. So now yeah. they're pissed that he entered negotiations that way. Um, and are going to make him fight Benil Dariush again. Which, by the way, I saw some sports books listed. Who do you think uh, Islam Makashev will fight next? And, yeah. and Benil Dariush is listed as a big underdog. So I Get tend to... That. Yeah, I tend to think he's going to fight him. So uh, I, I won't say the name of the book that I saw that at because... Um, they don't sponsor our show, but uh, yeah, go 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 searching. Yeah, the boss said that's who he's fighting next. So Dana White would never lie, would he? He he is not yet, according to my no. records. Yeah, no, not <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't matter how you enter negotiations with the UFC. You're not supposed to negotiate, period, Dan. You're supposed to. Uh, that's correct. D- take what they give you. So, um, all right. So that was the co-main event. Um, Makashev was there though. He was in the corner of. Uh, of a person coming up, um, Umar, not Umar. Uh, he's in the corner of Chajir Nurmagomedov. Um, but we'll talk to him <laughs> in a minute. Um, all right, so, so we whiffed. Uh, do you still feel okay with our underdog pick there? I think it was still a solid roll of the dice. I think, in, I think in retrospect, I'd probably go back and take that back um, based on, like, I should have weighed more heavily on – the side of caution when you think about the fact that, that Moicano was going through that much. Um, and and it, it was, I mean, they, they detailed ridiculously long plane rides and it's not like his fight, you know, two weeks ago was, or three weeks ago rather was all that short either. Like he did go almost half the fight. It wasn't like it, you know, it wasn't like Terrence McKinney's about to do where he was in the cage for two minutes it was he, he was in there for like seven or eight minutes, and it was you know Alexander Hernandez who who hit him with some things, and like you know like it wasn't quite the flawless victory that would have allowed him to turn around and look really good against the top six opponent. So yeah, I, I think I probably should have weighed uh, the the traveling and weight cutting and all that a little bit heavier. Yeah, very true. Okay, um, let's jump back to the main event because I see I have an email from my an unnamed sports book. Well, uh, give me the opening line for Covington Poirier. Oh God! So first of all, I, I would I would line it as act, the odds of it actually happening at a uh, yes is plus nine hundred. So it's uh, the the odds are sort of irrelevant. I don't think I don't think this is a fight that people want to see. I don't think this is a fight people care to see, and I don't think this is a fight that anybody is going to accept in the first place. So um, with that being said. If you're asking me to line where it's at, got to imagine fresh off the victory, he's got to be the favorite, right? Covington's got to be the. I'm, I'm going to say Covington's a favorite, but only like negative one sixty, minus four hundred. <laughs> oh Jesus! I know. Um, which which I mean, like, might be uh, better. That that might be the right call. 
Because um, yeah. I'd probably pick him to win that much. I just thought uh, people seem to love Dustin Poirier. I thought he would be a little yeah. higher up there. But don't forget, he he's uh, saying mean things about Dustin's wife. So this fight will definitely happen, Dan. Yeah, we we've seen that notoriously go well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's jump back to the third fight uh, from the top, which we hit correctly. Bryce Mitchell. We had him at minus one sixty five. He came through for us. Uh, that line proved to be very, uh, very uh, friendly for us because this was not a close fight at all. Uh, Bryce Mitchell beat Edson Barboza in a featherweight fight, 30-25, 30-26, He um, absorbed some some leg kicks and, and whatnot, but he um, rode his grappling to victory as we expected. Actually, he rode his ground and pound. His ground and pound was pretty vicious last night he's no more of a submission guy but he was uh acting more like mark coleman last night yeah also leave it to sal diomato to to fuck up a scorecard in a in a bout that's this one-sided because how do you not the 3027 how do you not give him at least 1108 there was at least a couple of rounds in there where you were like oh edson barboza is just not even in this fight remotely um at least two rounds like that so if you gave him one ten eight, you probably were still being conservative. And if you gave him two, you were probably right on. Sal Diamato, ten nines across the board. Um, and actually, we're going to talk about him being the the rational one in a second. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's so unpredictable. These guys are so guys and gals are so unpredictable. But anyhow, he has another really um, bad scorecard earlier in the night too. We'll talk yeah. about Sal Diamato some more. <laughs> I don't. I don't think some of these. I don't. I wonder if he ever gives out ten eights. Like we should, we should uh, look into that because I, I don't know what um, if, if some of these um, judges even give out ten eights ever. Because there's, I think they should be given out more often. I think if a fighter is close to being finished, then that's definitely a ten eight. And uh, Barboza was close to um, close to being put out a bunch of times. He was getting destroyed. So anyhow, well, thoughts on the fight. Um, yeah, it's a good fight. Uh, Edson Barboza, like, you know, I said it in the breakdown. People were talking about, oh, you know, the fight starts on the feet or whatever. But, like, Edson Barboza has historically had trouble with guys like, just like Bryce Mitchell. Um, yep. Guys with good wrestling, guys who can take people down. Uh, I mean, we saw it with uh, Kevin Lee way back in the day. Um, and don't get me wrong, Kevin Lee was good and fought for an interim title at some point in time. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't think there was any reason to think it would go different than this. By the way, I have Sal Diamato's uh, scorecards from 2022 open so yep. far. And in six, hang on, we're going to count on air, nine, 12, 13, 14, 17. In 21 fights this year, he's given no 10-8 rounds. There you go. I had there feeling. you go. There you go. I had a feeling <laughs> that, that some fighters, uh, some um, judges just don't know that they can or they they don't bother or they have. The, the last time he gave one was uh when Bilal Muhammad beat Wonderboy. Uh he gave him one ten eight in that one. Okay. Okay. Um do we learn anything from this fight? Bryce Mitchell, I guess just passed another task basically. It's not like either guy showed any new wrinkles or anything. Maybe Mitchell was a bit more vicious uh with his ground and pound um than than we've seen before, but um pretty much went as we expected. Bryce Mitchell passed another test. Yeah, it, it's a big step up for him, I think, in the right. long run. Because, like, out-wrestling Charles Rosa or Andre Feely, you know, impressive. Uh, doing it to Edson Barboza, new level of impressive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, now it's a one more reason for her, him to, you know, take a step up in competition and face the, 
you know, Josh Emmett types of the world or somebody in that range. Is that who you're calling for next? Is that I the mean, name? Yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's so hard to book Josh Emmett because, like, the dude does have, like, a ridiculously long win streak where he, like, fits the yeah. bill almost of somebody who, like, could have filled in for Max Holloway when he dropped out of that fight instead of um, Chan Sung Jung. So, yeah, I mean, like, him or Arnold Allen or Giga Chikadze or, like, somebody like that probably fits the bill. Or even maybe Calvin Calvin Cater seems kind of a little above his range. But, like, somebody like that, yeah, Giga Chikadze would be a good one. All right, make it happen. Um, but it's going to go exactly as as uh, last night's fight went. If he fights Giga, will it not? I don't think so. Giga has has good takedown defense. Yeah, like like I, I you know he gives up takedowns once in a while, but like I, I don't think it's ever been like a glimmering hole of Giga's game. Um, whereas it has been in and continued to be last night for Edson Barboza. I don't, I don't think you can just default say that about every kickboxer. Um, I also think Giga has been better sometimes at, like, keeping people away from his legs um, and keeping range rather than getting into grappling range. So maybe it might wind up looking just like that, but I, I give Giga a little bit more chance to stay away from that. Okay. Um, maybe we'll get another advantageous line on Bryce Mitchell then if, if, if that fight does happen. Welterweights, Kevin Holland maybe sweat it out, but... He ended up TKOing uh, with elbows was the official call. Alex Oliveira, 38 seconds into the second round. Um, I think I came away, even though Holland did win the $50,000 bonus, I think um, Oliveira was more impressive than Holland was in that fight. Um, yes and no. I mean, like... Just the sloppiness and the recklessness and... Like but, he, but that's he's but that's always up the cage. I know that's that's who he always is. what he, that's who he is. That is why we tune in to watch Kevin Holland, right? We tune in to watch Kevin Holland because he's an idiot sometimes when he fights, and he's he's also really freaking good, um, which is why he w- winds up winning this one, right? Um, I, I don't think it it hurt his stock in any way because at the end of the day, like we knew he has a little bit of trouble with his defensive grappling. Um, it will likely be his undoing in this division filled with really good grapplers. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, hey, when he is on the feet, he's dangerous and uh, probably yep. even more so at welterweight. Yes, sir. Um, so minus 300, we hit that one. And then the opener of the pay-per-view card, Sergey Spivak, who is the youngest heavyweight in the UFC, uh, or he's tied for the youngest heavyweight in the UFC. He's uh, big boy division at 27. He defeated Greg Hardy. Um, TKO punches uh, round one, two minutes, 16 seconds in uh, after repeatedly picking up the 290 pound plus man and throwing him to the canvas. He ended up TKOing him. Um, Good win for Spivak. Hopefully he uh, keeps moving up the the division because he's quite young. Good win for us, minus 225. Um, Yeah, time to say bye to Greg Hardy. He he can't even bother to keep his weight down and be in decent shape for, for these fights now. And he obviously can't grapple yet. Um, yeah, he's, he's, and he's making a hundred grand, um, per fight minimum. So I, I think he's probably, we've probably seen the end of him. I hope so. Uh, he yeah. gets talked Maybe about, so he gets talked about so much though. So, yeah. um, and, and it's funny too. We, we, I don't know about you, but like way back when I was a little bit worried that he was actually good. Um, because he had, yeah, he had won yeah. some, he had won some fights in a row, but like you go back and look at who they're at now and they've aged so poorly. 
Like yeah. so poor. Like Dmitry Smolyarakov. Like who that? Right, Juan Adams, who I really liked at the time, and now is I think he's the Fury FC champion or uh, is fighting for Fury FC. And like that's legit, but like he was young and green and not good. Ben Sosely, um, Jorgen DeCastro, who's been cut, Maurice Green, who's been cut. He literally has zero wins over UFC heavyweights, zero UFC heavyweights who are still on roster. So, I mean, like, yeah, you're right. It, it's the time is up. It's over. Uh, he's done. He's not that good. Um, with that being said, Sergey Spivak. A pretty damn good light heavy or a pretty good heavyweight man. Yeah, he, he's on a run. Like, did you have you looked at his recent resume? He's Tell on us about it, Dan. He's won four out of five with only a loss yep. to Tom Aspinall in there, which is yep. pretty crazy. Um, and before that four out of five streak, he lost to Marcin Tybura, which is you know maybe not the greatest loss to have on your record, but before that, submitted Tai Tuivasa. Um, so. Man, dude, he and, and Alexio Linick and Carlos Felipe are wins in that resume. Like Sergey Spivak, dude, is is like he's finding his uh, his groove in in maybe hitting his prime because, like you said, he's a young young for a heavyweight. He's got another decade or so to go before he even hits his prime for a heavyweight. Yeah, that's right. So, who's to say? But two if, if we're two, if he's like Andre Arlovsky, <laughs> exactly. Uh, who was there last night? You saw, I saw him with his son in the crowd um, at one point. Um, yeah, I, I think so. So many of us are pushing against Hardy. That probably means he's going to stick around the UFC for a while because they like to stick it to, especially media members who who don't want don't want a certain fighter in in the organization. But anyhow, uh, regardless of, of you think he's a scumbag or not, um, I just don't see any progress um, with him. I see regression, if anything. Yeah, he he looks like he's expecting that he's going to get to just stand and, and trade. Um, yeah, like he gives up when he goes down, when he hits the canvas, basically, it seemed like. Well, yeah, well, and he got up, like, once or twice. Right. And then I was like, once he, he got up once or twice, he was like, oh, I don't know how to stand up anymore. Like, he was exhausted from, from standing up twice. And and don't get me wrong, like, he is a big dude, and, like, you can you can criticize the weight, or you can say, like, he's doing that intentional, like, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, anybody who's done jujitsu like, a couple of times – knows they have to go through that kind of stuff when they're rolling. So, like, is he just not – is he not doing any kind of, like, prolonged training? Is he just boxing all day? Like, what what's happening? So, yeah, like, that, that's yeah, the other thing. It's, it's not he, like he's, he's – Go ahead. He's, he's just not getting better. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's not like he's um, – Brand making new either now in his career. He's had 13 fights and most of them in the UFC. So, um what, 10 of them in the UFC, uh, plus two in the contender series. So it's not like, like, uh, I think, I think we've seen what we're going to see from him. And he's what, 30, oh, he's only 33, really, huh? Anyhow, um, we'll have to wait and see what uh, happens with Greg Hardy, your beloved cowboy. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we, we don't, we don't claim him. <laughs> would you like to use, would you like to have a, a product called Hardy Vanish? Dan, perhaps, to get rid of Greg Hardy? Oh, oh I see where you're going, and this is There's a great transition. transition. <laughs> IP Vanish. The segue has vanished into an IP Vanish ad read. You know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. 
That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, dance is very frightful, I'm sure, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like that's just like a nine months for free. We all love free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, then you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. All right. Um, so the main card, main, uh, yeah, the main in proportion of the pay-per-view, we did quite well. Four and one. We and we only whiffed on the one. Um, roll the dice on the underdog, Hanada Moicano. All right, on to the prelims. Um, we had quite an exciting main event. Lightweights, Jill and Turner uh, beat up Jamie Malarkey, busted up his nose. TKO via punches in uh, 46 seconds into the second round. Yeah, Jill and Turner, uh, we had him at minus 160, which turned out to be a very good line. Um, yeah, he... Looking like the real deal, Dan. It's four straight finishes for him. Uh, he went TKO, two subs, and now another TKO. He's six foot three, a six foot three lightweight. Um, doesn't really look like he has any issue getting down to that weight. Um, yeah, his striking was on point last night, and, and we know his grappling's been on point in the, in the fights before that. Uh, he beat a guy on a two fight winning streak, a super tough guy to, to put out. So, very impressed with Jill and Turner. Yeah, in uh, you know, you mentioned being a six foot three lightweight is already really hard for people to deal with, and I, I think we saw that with Jamie Malarkey. He was really oh, yeah. having really having trouble getting anywhere close to Jalen Turner to hit him. Um, and then in addition to that, too, I, I think it's important to point out that not only is he six foot three, but he's got a six foot five reach, um, which means his you know his arms are even longer and and tougher yeah. to deal with, which is part of what makes him really good at submissions too. So. Yeah, he he yep. is for sure looking like the real deal, and a win over Jamie Malarkey, uh, but definitely, definitely impresses me, especially because like if you look at his his resume before that, like his those wins not not great. Like the best win on there might have been Josh Kolobow, uh, Uros Medic, um, which are are not great wins, but Jamie Malarkey is a huge one. So yeah, he's probably uh, he's probably getting a bigger name next. Yes, that win was no malarkey at all last night, Dan. That's hey. Right? hey, hey, malarkey joke. All right, women's strawweight. This one, um, we had to uh, sweat this one out a bit because Dan's favorite fighter to pronounce, Yao Xiaonan. Um, man, she was lightning fast last night. Um, she looked very good trying to bounce back from her loss, but alas, she did lose once again. She's lost two straight fights, but I don't think her stock's taken a hit, at least not after last night's fight against Marina Hotigas, whose name they butchered the whole night. They were calling her Rodriguez. Like she <laughs> they were using her actual name. <laughs> yes. It's not, no, she's Brazilian. It's hot here, guys. Anyhow, split decision, which uh, can she not be in a close fight? She's got two draws on her uh, in, her, in her short UFC career already. Um, now she's got another a split decision win. 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. Um, 
yeah, I'm a big Hodriguez backer and fan, so I'm glad she won and got us uh, minus 270 on it. But Chow Nan looked uh, fantastic last night. Also, I, I think both both ladies did uh, did well for themselves. Yeah, I I scored it for Rodriguez. I, I thought she won rounds two and three pretty clearly. Two what was sure dog think though. Uh, three of the sure dog guys had Yan Chan on. <laughs> All, all, all of them, all of them scoring it for. There you go. Yeah, all, all of them on brand. It in the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, yeah, I, I think Rodriguez won that fight. I wouldn't have been screaming robbery if she didn't, um, which I will in the next fight because it's absurd. But uh, yeah, like <laughs> I, I thought her power ultimately outweighs the fact that she was slower and was. I mean, like, if you look at the total strikes numbers, probably lost. Um, it's not something I ever look at, but she probably was behind on total strikes. Um, but at the same time, like, she she definitely did enough to win in my eyes. Her her strikes seem to be more meaningful. Like, she, like uh, this is actually another thing that you mentioned. She had the head snapping back strikes, which uh, which I think you mentioned it about her. Did you not? No, yeah, maybe, I, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I said, you know, she seems like the one who is is going to get hit more, but when she hits right. the other person, the, the crowd's going to react. So, it, you know, and it's going to be clear she's doing the damage, and I think it was clear she was doing the damage here, too. There you go. Dan knows what he's talking about. Um, so this, this is all she's done since the starting of, of 2021. TKO, Amanda Hebos, uh beat. Michelle she TKO'd Amanda Hebas twice. Yes. <laughs> beat thanks, Michelle Watterson. Thanks, Herb Dean. Beat Dern. <laughs> yeah. Beat Watterson, beat Dern, beat Chow Nan. That's um, not – I wouldn't maybe say a murderer's role, but that's uh, a very good mixture of up-and-comers and, and the veterans, and she passed all of those tests. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. She's number one contender after Esparza? Uh, yeah, like if if all the timing lines up and that fight happens sooner rather than later, and uh, she doesn't have you know too much time on her hands, or Yoani on Jacek doesn't magically appear and beat somebody and look really good doing it, then yeah, I, I think Rose Namajunas versus or you know the winner of Rose and Carla fights probably uh, Marina next. Okay, so let's uh, let's get some hot takes from Dan now. This is uh, next fight we lost, but we didn't really lose. Uh, Kenny Intachukwu um, got robbed. Nikolai Nagumaranu. Um, I'm mostly mad that he won because that means he's going to be around more, and I'm going to have to pronounce his name again and write his name again. But he won a split decision, which he didn't really win. 27-29, 29-27, 29-27. Big thing here being Intachukwu got a point taken away for a eye poke in the third round, but that should not have made a difference. The correct scorecard was 29-27 Intachukwu. I guess I would accept a draw um, scorecard also because Ensichukwu clearly won round one, probably lost round two, but maybe that one that one was up for grabs and clearly won round three. So the worst uh, that card could have been would have been a draw and we would have pushed our our bet. But no, yeah, I, we lost. I kind of I thought maybe a draw was coming because I was a little bit worried about the second round. I scored all three for Kennedy. Um, yeah, much like, by the way, only Sal Diamato had that right. Um, yeah, but so maybe we're the, wrong then. Well, look at the media scores on. Uh, if you look at the media scores on MMA sure. decisions, what does uh, Sherdog say? Uh, so there are four guys from Sherdog. One properly scored it for Kennedy's Zuchuku. Two called it a draw, and one person was the only media member to score it for Nagumaranu. <laughs> straight up. Go. So once again, 
it strikes uh, that it seems like and, – and just for the record, six media members did call it a draw, um, two of them being from Sherdog, but that means other people did too. And then I'm eight fine scored with that, it, Yeah, and I'm fine with that score too. And then eight scored it for Zuchuku. And so there were 15 total people. One of them scored it for Nagumaranu, and I think it's maybe one of the most egregious scores. It's the same person who fucked up all those ones last week too. <laughs> yeah, it's – yeah, how how did he like? How could you say he won that fight? I I have no I, I poke aside like like worst like, worst like I said worst case scenario. It could have been a draw. The, yeah, worst case scenario draw. Um, yep. If you if you want to give him round two, how do you give him round one, Dan? I that's it baffles me, but two judges did it, so. But Enzichuku kind of well, I, I poke aside. Obviously, he he did that did that to himself, but um, yeah, he's he's one of those guys. He just just does not have that killer instinct put his foot down on the gas thing, which maybe hurts him in the judge's eyes because he doesn't like, he was killing him with his jab, but it always looked like he could have done a bit more. He could have, could have pushed the pace a bit more. Yeah. But I think he didn't because he was winning. Like he's clearly crushing him. He wasn't winning though. (laughs) That's the thing. I guess not. All right. So we lost that one. We're salty about that. We lost the next one too, but um, we clearly lost this one. Um, Women's flyweight, uh, Marina Moreau. This was the the true grapple, the true um, grudge match of the night. Marina Moreau has beat that junkie who who burned has burned me twice now. I don't know if I'm gonna go back to the Maria Agapova well again. Uh, she lost via submission, arm triangle choke, three twenty seven in the second round. Her grappling is was nowhere near good enough. Um, or Moreau's is just next level, one or the other. But Moreau's got herself a performance bonus. Called out her her uh, homeland of the Ukraine. Um, it, it was a, a good night for her. Um, beat, like I said, beat that quote-unquote junkie uh, former teammate of hers. But, yeah, I'm I'm souring an Agapov of Agapov, Ag- Agapova. That's how you say it. Dean Agapova. Thomas. Agapova. I, I'm souring on her, Dan. She's burned me twice now already. She's gone. She's one of those win-loss, win-loss people now. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to offer an... Uh, third option for whether or not her grappling sucks, Marina Mraz is next level. I'm actually going to give you a third option that I think is the correct one here. And I, th- I think that Agapova still hasn't worked out uh, the mental aspect of her game yet. Because she didn't just, like, empty the gas tank here, like, which was the reason she lost against Shanna Dobson, but she did seem to be completely mentally broken in this fight. Um, you know, like it, it seemed like fighting this person who she trained with for a while and who had been saying stuff about her. I, I, I am going to guess and I'm going to wager here that like, I, I think it bothered her to a point where she did not fight like herself. Because if you watched her fight, you know, this is the same person we fought, watched fight Sabina Mazo and just put it on her and look great in the grappling and look amazing. And then she looks this way against Marina Mraz, like, it, it was just a completely different fighter in there. It was a different human being in the cage at that time. So, like, I, I'm going to say that I think the head games got to her and she just, she broke. Could it possibly be another thing that was bugging her head, Dan? Are you going to consistently insinuate that she's a drug addict? <laughs> oh, no. no I, thought that, yeah. I thought that was true. Oh, no, was I, that a, I already did that. Was that a uh, was that a demon slayer joke then? Because her nickname is now the Demon Slayer. No, she gets demons. No. <laughs> did any did anything else happen recently in her life that may have messed her head up? 
Any appearances she made anywhere that made? Oh, she was on the top. Not necessarily, not necessarily a jinx, but it probably messed her head up having to talk to that. She she was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast, but so was Tim Elliott, and we're going to talk about that beast in a second and how he cashed a plus two hundred underdog. So uh, you you can't you can't blame me for that one and not give me credit for the Tim Elliott one then. Well, Tim Tim Elliott's such a a wacko. I don't think you can mess with his his head, Dan. He's he's out there, dude. He's he is a wild man. My my little brother texted me while that fight was going on. Um, he's he's not like a big UFC fan. He doesn't you know he occasionally catches an event when there are no other sports on. He wants to watch, but he he just texted me. Yo, that Tim Elliott guy doesn't give a shit, huh? <laughs> and I was like, Yes, that's very true. <laughs> right very, on. Very true. You figured him out in a second. <laughs> yep. Yep. So our. Maybe we should be giving more praise to Marina Moroz because she looked very good. She's been out of the cage for a long time, and she got the job done in a very emotional spot for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. and, and she's always been good, but just never looked that good for sure. No. No. All right, so we whiffed on that. Um, back-to-back fights. Well, we didn't really whiff on, on the Entenchukwu one. But actually, we, we should take into account that judges are dumb, Dan. So we, we have to keep, take that in, into account when we're, when we're picking winners here. So... That concluded the bonuses. Uh, Moreau's got the last performance bonus along with Holland. And as I said, Covington Masvidal got the got the bonus for fight of the night. So that also concludes the normal, the main prelims. Uh, we'll rip through the early prelims after I tell you quickly about what I have to tell you about now. Prop Swap? Yeah, let's tell you about Prop Swap because we're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Like West from Iowa, who sold a $250, 30-to-1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for $750 bucks on prop swap. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds while the odds are – words are missing here. So probably while the odds are good, I'm going to say, or while the odds are high, and cash out on prop swap when the tourney starts. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. LIR. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets, listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys sell sports bets. And while I'm talking to you, make sure you get the SGPN app downloaded onto your device. We're now live in the App Store or Google Play. It gives you easy access to all our podcasts, all our picks, all the giveaways, all the good stuff, and throw us up an app review. Be a buddy. All right, uh, early prelims. The real Nurmagomedov that was on the card, Umar Nurmagomedov, um, featherweight fight, submitted Brian Kelleher, rear naked choke, 315 into the first round. Predictable, we got a big minus 750 on him. Yeah, nothing to say about this one. This was a mismatch. We knew it all along. Um, good win for him, though. Yeah, I mean, he looked good and good to see that he's going back to Bantamweight and that he only took this fight at featherweight because Brian Kelleher didn't feel like cutting weight. Plus, uh, probably the biggest name on his resume at this point, too. Yeah, it, it was it was a step up, but like you know, after watching him fight in the past, like I don't think anybody had any doubt he was going to beat Brian Kelleher, and that's why it was like they minus they said 30. it on the it, yeah it was minus a thousand on the the broadcast, so it, it yeah. continued to 
to, to skew too. So that's because we told told everyone to get in on it. That's why. That's right. Um, that's us. <laughs> then our big score, um, our big score of the night: Tim Elliott plus two hundred over Tajir or Tagir Ulanbekov, aka Nurmagomedov, who had the All Star corner of Habib and the um, Islam was there too, right? And and the rest of the AKA crew. Um, Tim Elliott won 29-28, 29-28, It happened just like we said it would. It was his janky style. His, his grappling probably was better than we expected it was going to be against Ulan Bakov, or at least it was uh, in my eyes. So we, we hit that plus 200 fight. I'm going to tell you how many. All right, so far this year, this is only the fourth plus 200 or higher dog that has come through. We, we had a plus 340, a plus 200, a plus 205, and now another plus 200. So. It's been the year of um, the favorite so far. Last night we had a lot of underdogs come through, and this uh, Tim Elliott is only the fourth plus 200 or higher underdog to hit, and we hit it. Yeah, and uh, I will say you're right. It, it was his grappling, um, and it's the scrambling. I, I think I said right, it all yeah. along. Like he, it wasn't necessarily that he stuffed takedowns, but he just didn't accept any position. He reversed stuff. He wound up on top. That second round, which I know some people scored for Tahir Ulanbakov, which I think is freaking crazy. Um, I thought Tim Elliott won it very easily, and, and luckily so did every judge. Um, you know, he just countered everything Tagir did. Like, every single time Tagir Ulanbakov tried to take him down, he hipped over, he, you know, he, he had a switch, he, he wound up on top, and, and, like, you just can't score a fight for a dude who's initiating the takedowns and winding up on the bottom uh so yeah I I thought Elliot looked great in there and I mean he just looked like the game veteran that I said he was and why you never pick against somebody like Tim Elliott when you see it plus 200 number yep um for sure is Ulan Bekov is he any good Dan do we know yet I think so but I I I think the word's still out like when I interviewed Tim Elliott, he said one of the things about Tagir Lombikov is, like, he's fought mostly people who will just accept bottom position against him, and that's why he wins close decisions in a lot of cases. Like, most of those guys just, like, accepted bottom position and then didn't um, do very much, uh, you know, like, did enough maybe to try to win some rounds from the bottom. Now he fought a guy who's hyper the opposite way, who counters really well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he fights somebody in the middle there who, like, you know, gets taken down and held there a little bit, but, like, doesn't accept it either. So I'll be interested to see what that looks like. So uh, if, he, if he fought you, he would do pretty good because you're – Yeah, I'm just uh, going to lay – I'm just going to lay down. Exactly. <laughs> you are a bottom position type of guy. All right. Um, what else do we have to tell you about? What other fights happened last night? Let's pull up the results again. All right. Um we missed him. We whiffed on this one. Devontae Smith um, lost Ludovic. He lost a split decision, but I, I have no problems with, with losing this one. Ludovic Klein looked very good, um, took it to Devontae Smith. Split decision, though, uh, another one of these cards all over the place. We had 28-29, 29-28, 30 Yeah, I – um I, I, so in real time, I scored it, I think, for, for Smith, but I was only kind of half watching. I was dealing with my kids having a temper tantrum. So um, – but on second watch, seems pretty crazy to score it for Devontae Smith. Um, also seemed pretty crazy that Sal Diamato somehow thought that Ludovic Klein uh, won 
all of the rounds, including the third, which uh, was was pretty wild. Um, so hats off to Sal Diamato there for one of the crazier scorecards we've seen. Um, but yeah, like I don't know necessarily that there's that much to say about this fight. It was uh, kind of back and forth, kind of fun to watch, but like Klein just looked a little bit better on the feet than I thought he was going to. Yeah, he uh, he stepped it up here. Is that he probably saved his UFC career too. He he had lost two straight before this, right? Um, I think, I think he won remember. his first and lost his two, or maybe is not. he on a? Yeah, he was on a two fight skid. Yeah, Mike so. Trezano and Nate Land were two, who are not particularly great losses either. No. no, so big win for him. And then in the opener, uh, Dustin Jacoby, who did not let talking to Dan throw him off his game. Um, or maybe he would have won more dominantly if he hadn't talked to Dan. But regardless, minus 200, we started things off right, hitting that pick. Um, in a good fight against Michael Ola, say Chuck, uh, 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28 across the board. Yeah, and that looked just about like I thought it would, too. Ola Shajuk's got good power, um, and that landed early. Uh, but then, you know, Jacoby took over. So, yeah, went about the way that I wanted to. Good for Jacoby. Six fights in a row now. Yep. Yep, he's got to be knocking on the. This is a light heavyweight, a light heavyweight, a light on talent class. So you got to think he's he's gonna have to be ranked by by now. I've had him in my rankings for the last two wins. I think, um, you know, like he he's not moving up terribly fast because he keeps getting unranked opponents like Michael Oshazuk. But like, dude, he sh- this dude should be ranked. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, and that concludes. Our day, um, nine and four night, because Dan and I had exact the exact same picks. Maybe we should just do it. I know we don't plan these things, but maybe we should just copy each other every every event. Dan, <laughs> seemed to work really good. It, it worked last night at least. Um, so we went nine and four, up about one hundred and thirty bucks. If you're a true true degen and gambled a hundred on every fight. Um, all right, so on the year, I am at sixty eight percent still, uh, up four percent. Um, profit for four percent return on investment if you bet on every fight. So that's what's eighty-four fights so far this year. Dan is up to fifty-eight percent, so you're you're getting up there too. Fifty-eight um, percent correct. He's still down ten percent ROI. Our recommended plays last night. All right, uh, Dan had thirty bucks on Tarantula Man um, Turner winning minus one sixty. Hit that one. He had thirty bucks on. Devontae Smith winning didn't hit that one. So that, that was your big ouchie of the night. Um, 10 bucks, Tim Elliott, you hit that one. 10 bucks on um, Bryce Mitchell decision, which is another big one for you. You got plus 250 on that one. Uh, and then you lost Agapova. Uh, you had 10 bucks on her inside the distance. And then you had 10 bucks on Moicano winning outright. So you went three and three on your recommended plays. You ended up down five bucks. Um, Ooh, that that's my, not the math I did. Down no, five. No, okay, wait, wait, let me see. I got a um, thirteen. If I my my, I got plus thirteen bucks on on my. Calculator. Really? I might I might have done the math. Oh yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't give you enough money for Turner. One second. I had Turner at minus one. Uh, I had a profitable night. I was. I, yeah. I did. I do my you, math ahead of time me. too, where I was like, oh, <laughs> good. I'm glad I, you did. I don't want to go down. I had Turner because I think I have four recommended play win, five recommended play win cards in a row. So yes. we got to make nope, sure. My mistake. I had Jalen Turner at minus three hundred in my calculations instead of minus one sixty. So Dan, and up thirteen seventy five. Does that sound right? 
That's exactly what I have. Thirteen seventy-five. Right. Three and three up thirteen seventy-five. Perfect. Uh, myself, I had twenty-five bucks on Sergey Spivak winning, which he did. Thirty bucks on Jalen Turner winning, which he did. Oh, I didn't give myself enough for that one either. Oh boy, I I, I down uh, played my profit too, Dan. Don't want to do that. All right. Um, and then I had thirty-five bucks on Mahina Hadhikas winning, so I hit that one, and then I lost. Uh, the, the prop bet that I just threw out there for the heck of it, as Smith and Klein under a round and a half, it went the distance. So I lost ten bucks of that. So I ended up thirty-two eighty-two and three and one on the night. That is more like it. Um, now I'm gonna have to update our actual profits here because I had the wrong totals. Thank goodness Dan mentioned that because we wouldn't well, want to. I can't let I can't let people think I'm losing. <laughs> exactly, you are not a loser, Dan. Um, we don't want our pretend money here to be wrong on the page, right? Um, all right, and I am up more as well. All right, so recommended plays on the year for those keeping track at home, which I'm sure you all are. Dan is now 17 and 8, 68%. Recommended plays up 208 bucks, 31% return on investment. That's fantastic. Uh, myself, 13 to 9, 59%. Um, starting to get it back up where it should be. I'm up 71 bucks, 11% return on investment. So. Good night overall. We we made money in every aspect of it. Can't complain about yeah. that. No, absolutely not. Of course, we got to move on to the next card because there's always a next card, at least until the end of this month, and then they are going to take a little break. So uh, we've got a fight night. UFC fight night, Santos versus Ankalaev. Uh, March 12th, UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada. Um, they're never technically in Las Vegas anymore, it seems. They're always just uh, on the outskirts. Um, main event, Diego Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev. I feel like you don't really like Ankalaev that much, Dan. I'm just lower on him than a lot of okay. people are, I think. I, like, I, I just keep hearing takes that he's, like, clearly a future champion and clearly, like, like would is one of the best in the division. And, you know, like, it's too bad Jones didn't hang around to fight Ankalaev. And, like, I, I think he's good. I do think he's good. I just don't think he's that good. Um, right. where we, we should be talking about him like that. And, hey, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but uh, he uh, he hasn't wowed me particularly yet. Nope. Well, we shall see how he will do this coming weekend. He's got a probably the stiffest test of his career, I guess you would say, depending yeah. on what Thiago Santos we get, because Santos is getting up there in age. So this is actually a very good uh, fight night card, just going over quickly on paper here. we got Marlon Marias finally coming back versus Song Yadong. That's a very good um, very good up-and-comer versus the veteran fight in the in the co-main event in Bantamweight. we got Sadiq Youssef versus Alex Caceres, another fun fight. Khalil Roundtree versus Carl Robertson. Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinney. Um, Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. Um, and they should be very exciting kickboxing fights. And that's uh, that's the main card. Um, I see Jillian Robertson, the Canadian, is fighting J.J. Aldrich. Um, Miranda Maverick, um, a a favorite of this podcast against Sabina Mazzo. This is a, this is a very good fight night card, Dan. Yeah, it's loaded. It, it, there's, it there's a lot of fun fights on it. And I skipped out, I skipped over a bunch. There's yeah, it's a very good fight card. So we are not going to crap all over this card unless some, uh, something horrible happens between now and, and Wednesday. So, um, anything else you'd like to say for yourself, Dan, before we, we hit the, uh, hit the bricks here. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> this was long enough. We, we talk long enough. We gave you people enough uh, free talking uh, in your ear. And we, we didn't – I don't. well, who knows? Maybe we did say something controversial. It seems like we don't know what's controversial <laughs> nowadays. So who knows? Maybe we said something that will be a headline somewhere, right? Um, 
make sure you can let us know if you want on Twitter. Go right ahead. Uh, whether we respond to you or not uh, depends. Uh, we don't we don't feed trolls, or at least I don't. Uh, Jeff Fox, writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. You can check out his other podcast, Prelim. Hmm. <laughs> Pick primer. 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 You got it. Yeah, yeah you got it. <laughs> I honestly forgot again because I, I slept like four hours last night. So uh, Prelim Primer and the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Um, you can read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can check out my stuff, uh, moneymma.substack. Um, it's like a newsletter slash website. Got all my fighter salary stuff on there that everyone is most uh, most interested in. Uh, a lot of free stuff on there. So you can, at the very least, get a free subscription if there's stuff you see locked, like a lot of the stuff I've put in hours and hours over decades of time, uh, like the salary stuff. That stuff I have behind a paywall because there's no advertisements or anything on there. So if you did want to subscribe, it's a deal right now. 40 bucks a year for that or 5 bucks a month. Or just a free subscription is fine as well and, and read what uh, what I signed up for free. At the very least, you can enter the pickup contest I run on there every week for every event, which I'll be putting up again tomorrow for the Santos vs. Uncle Live fight. Um, and I think that's all the all the plugs. Oh, you give us uh, obviously we read the reviews that we get on our, on our <laughs> podcast because we were referring to it the whole show. So give us some reviews. Make, be, uh, give us some interesting reviews. Um, as long as it's five stars, I don't care what you say. So um, you want to take us home, Dan? Sure. I'm Daniel Gabby Freeland. He's Doug Nasty, Jeff Fox. And we will catch you on Wednesday. 